the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Friday edition of The Ride Home. Thank goodness, huh? Friday. It's been a... It's been a good week. It's been a long week, um, but we're here together and uh, grateful for your presence. Hey, uh, how about tomorrow? It's like 70 degrees, seriously, 70 degrees in January. Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to do a little uh, cleanup outside. Uh, But if you're living in Green Bay, apparently the Green Bay Packers are looking for 700 people to shovel out the seats at Lambeau Field beginning at uh, 6 a.m. Sunday before the uh, Packers and the Seahawks NFC divisional round playoff game. They do this from time to time, right? Also, the Packers, they're as homegrown of a football team as you're likely to find and uh, owned by the fans themselves. So when the snow comes, as it does frequently in Green Bay, even amidst uh, these warmer uh, winters we've been having, they call on their fans to come in. And and they make this call, and always more than 700 people show up. And they show up with a snow shovel, and they get in the aisles of the seats where everybody you know sits and congregates, and they shovel out the seats. So apparently uh, they're looking for a, a lot of snow, 8 to 10 inches of snow through Sunday morning. And those 700 people who show up, will uh, be put into uh, the stands and do their work. Now, I wonder if they get like a little, what do they get? Uh, I think what they'd want more than anything is, a. Uh, well, they probably won't get a seat to the game, but they'd certainly get some sort of a, maybe a standing room shovelers area somewhere close by. So you stand there with your shovel and just watch the game unfold. It's cool. What is the deal, though, with 70 degrees on a Saturday in January? It's been a long time since uh, something like that's happened. Hey, uh, yesterday was uh, Cass' mom's uh, funeral, and uh, we, uh, if you listen to the show, we did a best-of show, and, uh, you know, it's one of these weeks um, when things, when, you know, your life's in, a, in an upheaval, uh, I don't know, you carry that with you all day long, don't you? I mean, it, it, this has just been a very mournful week, and what I found that, uh, for myself at least, uh, even more than normal, I've been waking up, um, waking up in the middle of the night and uh, lying there. And I, I despise that so much. Don't you? Do, do you do this? You wake up and you kind of feel stuck. Now, I, I've learned uh, not to look at the clock. But, of course, you know, when you look out the window, you know it's super dark. So it could be it could be. <laughs> Anywhere from from midnight until six thirty or seven a.m. I think the way the sun's been rising lately, uh, it's, it's late. The sun rises late, late in the morning. So uh, what I've started to do is to get up. I lay there for twenty minutes or so and think, 
I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to go back to sleep. I'm sort of resigned myself to that. So what I do now is get up and I sit and pray, which has become really, it's an excellent practice for me. It's been um, a really good thing to get rid of the anxiety and the whatever, the, the jitteriness or the fear or just, you know, all the daily stuff, the minutia. And during the day, you're so busy that it, you know, it doesn't come directly into your mind more often than not. When it does, you sort of kick it out because you got too many things that are going on. But in the middle of the night, you're primed for that. So the, the sorrow of this past week or the anxiety of the past week or the fear of the past week, I, I pull out my Bible and I'll sit there and read the Psalms. And then I'll pray. I, really. It's been a really good thing. I wonder about your spiritual practices. I know I'm not the only one who does this. My guess is, as I wake up, at, you know, indeterminate amount of times, there's got to be across Western Pennsylvania, around the world, who are you know thousands, if not millions, of people that are you know so inclined, who are also praying. I, I, I like to think that there's a lot of power in that. There, there are like-minded people. And we're all praying at the same time. You know how it is when you're in church on a Sunday morning and you you feel that power of everybody together praying? Don't you love that so much? There is so much power there. You feel the power of the Holy Spirit, the the Holy Spirit's presence. Boom. Doing his work. Just love that. So in the stillness of the night, when there is an anxious or fearful buzz, the Holy Spirit is present. I know about that. I, I do. I feel that in my life. <laughs> it's kind of funny. As I was just talking to you, I said, I, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel his presence, which is fine. I, you know, yes, I, I don't mean a slight, but today on Twitter, you know, what, you know what's uh, tr- trending right now on Twitter is, what if God was a woman? I, and I don't know the source where that comes from. You know, when things tend to uh, trend social media, of course, like all things, it has a root. The root comes from What? Someone said something, someone wrote an article about it, but there are right now uh, actively on Twitter thousands and thousands and thousands of people posting about what if God was a woman. Fine. You, you know, you, you, is God a man? Is God a woman? No. God is God. God is all. God is not a man or a woman. God is all. But the pundits, the sages, the snarks are around us, they're, they're all chiming in. If God was a woman, and to be honest, some of them are funny. They either make you chuckle. Some of them are obscene, and then, you know, just go right by them. That's the power of what it is in social media. Hey, I do have a good show for you, I do, I promise. So we'll just stick around for that. Also, we're going to give away some tickets uh, today. Uh, next Friday at this time, is it next Friday? Yeah, the 17th. Next Friday is Winter Jam. And uh, this is a cool thing. Um, we did this when our kids, especially, and you know, my kids are older now. Uh, they're in their late teens, early 20s. Um, not to say that you wouldn't go if you're in your late teens, early 20s. It was an annual trek down to uh, the paint or even then to the Civic Arena. Winter Jam 2020. Word FM is really uh, happy to welcome Winter Jam featuring uh, David Crowder. I love Crowder. Crowder, 429 passion uh it's you know how winter jam works it's like a zillion artists boom 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 it's non-stop praise and worship non-stop energy and uh it, it, what i like about it often is it's 
fairly inexpensive for families to go. It's like 15 bucks a ticket. You can't buy advanced tickets. They, you know, they charge you at the door. However, we've got a, a family four-pack that uh, I'll be giving away. We'll just mail you tickets out later this week. We've got a few, like, you know, comp passes or what, and a uh, family four-pack. So we'll do that at some point during the show today. All right? Uh, oh, the weekend's begun. I'd say that. That's a very, very good thing. And uh, in just a little bit, we're going to talk with Richard Mao. 20 years ago, Richard Mao, uh, Richard Mao, just a fabulous guy. Uh, he's a dean of seminary in California. He's a prolific writer, just a wonderful, lighthearted, Jesus-loving man. But uh, 20 years ago, Sports Illustrated you know, talked about, does God love football? You know, one of the people, uh, this is just the age. But Is God a woman? Does God love football? This is the age we live in. So people are with these hypotheticals. Anyway, Steelers are, of course, not in the playoffs for the second straight season. But we're going to talk about that. We'll just you know throw around the proverbial football with Richard Mao about uh, sports and gods. So stick around for that, won't you please? This is The Ride Home uh, with John and Kathy on a Friday afternoon sans calf. But uh, we've got lots more ahead on The Ride Home. So stay with us. WORD. Hi, I'm Kevin McCullough. This week in the Christian Outlook, brought to you in partnership with ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, and the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, Iran launches a failed strike on U.S. troops. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack. We've got all this and more, so be sure to join us and visit our website at ChristianOutlook.com. The Christian Outlook, Sunday night at 10 on 101.5 WORD. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber and trials tested by the moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, US, and ULO, 52 weeks, 714, by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. All my life, I've had energy. Energy to win gold and raise my daughters. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. Then, I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. In fact, in a clinical trial, after 90 days of using Amberin, 91% of women had reduced hot flashes, 87% had better sleep, 77% had more energy. Amberin is estrogen-free. I like the fact that Amberin is not a drug and that it's clinically tested, safe, and effective. Now, thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My night sweats are less and my energy's back. Amberin works. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Hi, I'm Jeremy Schatt. You may know me from ESPN's 
outside the lines in Sports Center. What you probably don't know is that I've suffered from Crohn's disease for almost 20 years. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America's Take Steps, Be Heard walk program is the largest national walk program dedicated to raising funds and awareness to combat Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. To learn more about how you can help and to find a walk site near you, please visit www.cctakesteps.org. Sorry to say, second year in a row, Steelers are not in the playoffs. I mean, you know, when Ben got hurt second game of the season, I think everybody saw the handwriting on the wall. This is just it. And uh, despite the early season heroics of Mason Randolph and uh, Duck, uh, it just did not end well for the Steelers. However, you know, if you're a football fan, last week's playoffs, tomorrow, this and Sunday's playoffs, it's still good. I I like to watch football. And um, I'm sure that I'll spend a, a chunk of time this weekend in front of the tube enjoying some football so will our next guest richard mao is with us richard's a regular guest on our show he is an author widely traveled speaker professor of faith and public life at fuller theological seminary where he served as president for more than 20 years richard mao has written numerous books including adventures in evangelical civility the smell of sawdust his latest is called restless faith holding evangelical beliefs in a world of contested labels. Richard, my friend, welcome back. How are you today? Hey, John, how are you? I can't complain. I mean, you know, it could be better if the Steelers were in the playoffs. I, I know, but I hear you are in good weather in Pittsburgh, at least. Holy smokes. Richard, we're sort of like West Coast all of a sudden. It's <laughs> 70 degrees. Oh, that's great. It's very good. Now, yeah. how are you? Uh, I know that you're a football fan, and you've got to be looking forward to the playoffs this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking, John, it was just... 20 years ago this month, uh, January of 2000, that Sports Illustrated uh, ran a cover story on whether God cares about the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And I was interviewed for it. No so, kidding. And, you know, I, I, get, I get interviewed here and there in you know, places. This is uh, more people commented about <laughs> seeing my name in Sports Illustrated than Anything else I've ever done. Oh, that is super cool. Okay. Yeah. So then did Sports Illustrated, did they really care about the theological perspective, or was this just for fun? No, it was. they actually cared about it. They, they interviewed a bunch of theologians, and uh, here's the interesting thing. Uh, they, the guy called me just after he interviewed Reggie White, oh. who the late Reggie White, yes. who Green Bay Packers, a Pentecostal minister, and he said to me, this is what Reggie just said to me. When I asked him about what God, does God care about the Super Bowl, Reggie White said, yes, because God loves winners and God doesn't like losers. And he said, what do you have to say about that? Yow, yow, yow. <laughs> and I said, you know, I think that God looks down on the Super Bowl and when a quarterback throws a 40-yard pass, really clean pass, that's caught by a tight end, a marvelous catch. Mm. I think God just looks at that and says, that's good. Yes. I'm really, I'm glad I created the, the world with with that kind of thing happening in it. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. Because you know, when you look at when you look at the athletic perfection of some of these players, right? You think, yeah. how could that guy throw that ball 40, 50 yards, and someone out of thin air grabs this in this balletic move that you know the common man, you and I, we would never have any hope of that. There's a no. there's a big sense of beauty there. Yeah, and, and sometimes you know it's with one hand up in the air. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just amazing. So you know, I I really think that that God created this world with a lot of things that God wanted to happen in it, and one of the things is to 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 use our talents and to develop our our abilities. And that, that I I haven't done it. You know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, and and we got to think about that because I, I once wrote something in which I said that uh, when Tiger Woods hits a, a say a twenty twenty yard putt, uh, that God looks down on that and says that's great. And somebody criticized me hmm. because he plays on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, okay, we've got our questions about all that, sure. but. Uh, it can't just come down to that, you know. No, there's, uh, I mean, a lot of different variables in there. That's right, yeah. But I am sorry about the Steelers. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I'm kind of rooting for the for Minnesota. Me too. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is a, he's really a fine Christian. Uh, I know people who know him well, and uh, he was very well thought of at a Christian high school in Holland, Michigan. Really, and uh, yeah, so you know, it doesn't come down to all of that for me. But uh, in this case, I think Minnesota has has a win coming. They they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a team in the hunt, then you've got to find something to grab onto. So <laughs> that's as good as anything I'll grab onto, Richard. Yeah, really. Uh, how about whenever you see? Uh, I always love this. Uh, and, and I appreciate the, the networks or whomever, when they televise the games, that they do show players in prayer. And, and yeah. I think more often than not, I don't, you know, I, I, I do have trouble. I'm a little old school when I see, you know, the touchdown celebrations where it's yeah. this prideful sort of, you know, marching up and down the field, me, 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 me. But I do believe that there's any number of players uh, who are coming to God before God in prayer. And I think that's a good and powerful thing. It really is, and you know we got to care about these players too. You know, there, there was uh, in the past there was a, a, a wonderful evangelist named Tom Skinner, black evangelist. Uh, a lot of people saw him as the back, black Billy Graham, huh. and he was for a while the, uh, the 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 chaplain to the Washington Redskins. And he told me one time that. Uh, you know, he gets in a locker room with these guys, and it isn't just praying about winning the game. But, you know, th- these are young men, some of them African-Americans, who come out of uh, the ghetto, and all of a sudden they're making big money. They don't know how to handle the money. They need a lot of counseling. And and he said, you know, one of the horrible things is that uh, a team will, uh, the, the owners or, or the management will trade a guy and he'll get word about that maybe in in July, and he's got kids in school, mm. you know? and and all of a sudden he's got to move to a different city, you know. Yeah, you pick it up, and and we got to worry about that too about the whole questions of uh, of justice of the ways in which 
all of this sometimes comes down to consumerism and, and, and all the rest. And really not, not just appreciate it when these guys pray, but also pray for them because yes. uh, some of them are going through some difficult times, learning how to manage money, learning how to be good fathers and husbands. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of temptation in the business. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah, one yeah. of the fascinating things about the sports. I mean, it, it is surreal. Like, you know, okay, so it's one thing to possess this supernatural talent in many ways. And then to sort of climb that ladder. I mean, when you get that phone call and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're part of the draft. And, and then you see these cel- the draft celebrations where, as you say, these young men, they ascend. And all of a sudden, like in a heartbeat, they become multimillionaires. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know. Of course, people would like to have that problem. This is, you know, it's clearly a first-world, higher athlete problem, but it does come with a host of problems. When I think even the, you know, just the regular person is ill-equipped to handle that. That's right. So we have to care about. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate the fellowship of Christian athletes and uh, you know similar organizations that are uh, are worrying about their personal lives yeah. and. Uh, their relationship to God, but also their their, their relationship to uh, family, and, you know, a lot of other important issues. So, this is a it's a big part of life, and it's a very important part. You know, you and I get to enjoy it, but yeah. there's a lot going on we, behind the scenes as well. Yeah. Are we ever? And, you know, and someone like. Um who we love here in Pittsburgh, uh, Tony Dungy. He was a former coach for the Steelers. You know, when you see Tony, and it's interesting to see Tony criticized, you know, in a mainstream world for his longstanding beliefs in traditional Christian values. I mean, he is a believer. And I do appreciate whatever network Tony appears on that he continues to appear on uh, because, you know, in the the fraught, weird political world we live in, uh, I often expect him to be sort of wiped away because he is a traditional Christian. Christian with Christian values. Yeah. No, I, he, I'm, I'm one of his fans too, you know, and so we need to, we need to be holding people up for, even as we enjoy these games. And I, I still want to come back to the fact that I think the Lord takes delight in, uh, in, in the really good use of our, our physical talents and, and we can admire people for the ways in which they've developed those mm-hmm. talents. It's pleasing to God, I think. Yes. Yeah. Richard Miles with us from Fuller Theological Seminary. So Richard, you know, um, uh, as you travel the world and, and you do get to travel a lot, right? Um, yeah. Do you take the opportunity? Have you, as you've traveled to the Far East and whatnot, do you get to see any sporting events at all? Do your hosts ever take you to places? No. No. no you know, I've been the China and I've been you know Korea and places like that and no I, I I wish I could in the Netherlands I have uh, in in Europe I've gone to uh, soccer games and uh, you know sometimes these soccer games are uh, the fans are really kind of crazy as you know yes. you know and, I mean at the, at Pittsburgh you, you you have your Steelers fans who are pretty passionate about yes. things but they're they, they still keep it within kind of uh, sensible bounds, you know, whereas uh, you get riots and you get all kinds of horrible things that happen very often. And, and this is why I think we, we need to we need to think as Christians about how we find the right kind of perspective on, on these things, because it is an important part of life. And, and it's good to be fans. It's good. You know, I can say, hey, I can root for Minnesota. 
and and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you know, the, the other teams are human beings too, and they have mothers and fathers and wives and children, and we need to be caring about uh, the human side of all of this as well. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, when, when I see soccer, I mean, look, look at what a gigantic sport it is. And some of those stadiums hold 150,000-plus people. I mean, yeah. they, they do. They dwarf NFL stadiums by far. And, yeah. and I, I see those people, and I think, look at that passion on that field. I mean, look at that excitement. Would it be if that was, you know, like a, a cathedral where people were praising Jesus? And, you know, yeah. not, not to over-spiritualize it, but, you know, no. there's something to be said about that, that people love their sports so much that it has become deeply, you know, adoration. Uh, and we miss the opportunities in some ways. I mean, I don't know how, and, and I'm uh, I'm not against marketing, so to speak, you know, Christianity. I mean, I think there's a, a need for the, the word of God to get out, however it gets out, especially in social media circles and whatnot. But I, I wonder, you know, what it is that we're missing that people don't come to Christ like they come to soccer, football, you know, baseball, whatnot, we're missing something in some ways. Maybe it's just the over-familiarization or people think that they know better or they've been sold uh, shortly on on the power and passion of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I agree. You know, there is something in that, though, that, that I also want to mention, John. And it is, uh, I go to a Dodger game, you know, Dodger Stadium. And, yeah, uh, beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm there, and I'm surrounded by everything from Irish Americans, Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Middle Eastern, and like. And there's really a wonderful moment when we have the national anthem, and people of different nationalities and races and tribes put their hands on their hearts and and sing that. And I'm not a super patriot, and I don't, you know, I think we get carried away with all of that. But there's still we're living in such a fragmented world with so many divisions and so many polarizations, and and sometimes these moments in stadiums are are the only moments that we've experienced in a long time when people have something that they they care about and they reverence in in common, and I think that's a good thing too. Yeah. There's something I, I preached in a town in the south. I won't say which one, but the. And they had diverse cultures there. They had a military base. They had a very strong African-American community, obviously a strong white community, a growing number of Hispanics. And and they were they were lobbying to get a minor league baseball team. Oh. And I, I said to them, good for you, yeah, because this could be a way in which people from these different tribes, as it were, uh, get together and, and root for the local team. And there's something good about civic spirit that we've, we've lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, often uh, the local team is a unifying factor, too, and You're we right can't that. discount that. Yeah. So I'm glad Pittsburgh has some good fans. Yeah, we do. And we travel well, too, Richard. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we do. You know, you're bringing up the, the national anthem. When my, my firstborn, uh, my first the child was born, just as, you know, part of our thing, we used to sing to him, take me out to the ball game. And, yeah. you know, we sang that a thousand times. And then, you know, the time when he came to his first baseball game, we were super excited because I, I was like, we've been singing this song to him forever. Wait until the seventh inning stretch comes. <laughs> and everybody got up. And you know what that's like. And we're all singing, take me out to the ball game. I mean, his jaw dropped when there were literally 
40,000 people singing that song that we sang to him every night at bedtime. It was one of the greatest moments. I mean, he got, you know, he just got super excited. He was wiggling in my arms. He was, he could not believe what he was hearing. That's wonderful. Does he know what Cracker Jacks are? Yes, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. yeah. I got to yeah. be honest, you know, Cracker Jack has sort of taken a turn for the worse. I mean, yeah. well, the last time I had Cracker Jack, not so good, Richard. You know, the prizes are awful. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. Richard, my friend, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for opining on uh, different uh, topics and subjects as the year rolls, uh, rolls on. You're always welcome here. And I'll be thinking about you during the game tomorrow. Thanks, yeah. and okay. I will as well. Richard Mao. Hey, many blessings. Okay, you as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Richard Mao, he joins us from Fuller Theological Seminary. Listen, he's a wonderful author. Uh, check him out, Richard Mao, M-O-U-W, on the web, and, and get one of his books. You will be greatly blessed. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Coast to Coast Career Fairs is coming to Pittsburgh. Looking for a better career? Re-entering the workforce or just starting your career? Come meet the area's top employers. This free job fair will be held Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Double by Hilton and Greentree. Prepare for success. Wear proper business attire, bring at least 20 copies of your resume, and arrive with a positive attitude. See you there Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. For more, visit coasttocoastcareerfairs.com. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855 855- 565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Mattress manufacturers often add bogus features such as copper, cooling gel, and even diamond dust, which had no real benefits to the consumer but increase the price of the mattress. At the Original Mattress Factory, we stick to what works. Hand-built mattresses and box springs built with the highest quality American materials. We don't add features that don't have direct benefits, but we do offer an excellent quality product at a great value every day. That's what we mean when we say great beds, no bull. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory location today to see what the OMF difference is all about. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need? Try Liberty Mutual Insurance. Want to hear a new jingle? Here you go. Liberty, 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 liberty. Want to hear it again? Liberty, 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 liberty. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app by heart. Tune in and at radio.com. 
Tonight remaining cloudy and very mild with areas of fog developing, low 53. Tomorrow, cloudy, windy, and warm with a stray shower. High near the wreck of 68, set in 1890. Sunday, damp early, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and not as warm. High Sunday, near 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. I um, I love Shakespeare. Uh, the genius to me of William Shakespeare is just unparalleled in this world. He is just one of a kind, truly uh, the rarest. And we owe Shakespeare a, a great indebtedness for his genius as he, uh, if you read his plays or see his plays, whether live on the stage or on film, there is so much emotion packed into such tight beauty. It is just Incredible, truly. He was one-of-a-kind genius. Now, there's something that's happening here in auction. There's something called the, the First Folio. And the First Folio was published in 1623. Shakespeare died uh, in 1616 at the age of 52. And after Shakespeare died, I mean, so Shakespeare is writing, you know, on, on paper. And then, you know, somehow they're having other scribes duplicate uh, the scripts for the actors. And then... Th- most of these papers just were thrown to the wind, were gone. But someone over time was able to collect full copies of each play of Shakespeare. And so these first folios are Shakespeare's plays in one book form. They uh, are essentially uh, Shakespeare's 36 plays in one format. And they're just priceless. There are only six of these books called the first folio in private hands. And one of these first folios is coming up for auction a little later on this year. Uh, estimated the bidding will be somewhere in the neighborhood of $6 million. $6 million. So, I mean, it's just fascinating to think that someone could own one of these. And this book would sit, what, in your library? I can't imagine the security you would have to have to own one of Shakespeare's incredible works and, and what that would be like. But we owe Shakespeare, just a great ode because of his incredible genius, all the power, all the beauty, the tragedy, the comedy, of course, that he brought to the world. So the first folio is going to be up for auction very soon. I'm going to follow this closely and talk about this down the road. Hey, uh, you want to stick around? In just a few minutes, uh, Tom Soroka is going to be with us, and he's going to talk about loss in this world. Stay with us. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Where a new year means lots of new music. New New music. New music from Micah Tyler. Amen. One day, new from Cochran and Company. One day, the color of our skin won't cause a divide. And Taryn Wells with Like You Love Me. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. 
Home.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If you're like most people, then saving money in 2020 is on your New Year's resolution list. At Cash Call Mortgage, that's one resolution we can help you achieve. Right now, we're offering an incredibly low 2.875%, 3.076% APR 15-year fixed loan. So if you have a mortgage interest rate of 2.99% or greater, call us and see how much you can save on your current mortgage payment. We can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. At Cash Call Mortgage, our New Year's resolution is to help folks save money and have a happier financial new year. For a free quote to see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call us at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Father Thomas Roque is with us. Tom joins us as uh, the pastor at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in the Keys Rocks, Pennsylvania. Tom has been a regular guest on our show for a long time and uh, here live in studio. Tom, good to see you. Thanks for calling me regular. (laughs) (laughs) I'm semi-regular. It is good to be here. (laughs) Thank you. So, Tom, uh, I've been talking this past week about uh, Kath and uh, the loss of her mother. And, uh, I mean, there's no denying it. It's something you can't ignore because, you know, as part of our radio family, Kath is gone for a a certain amount of time. And you have to be honest with people. You just kind of can't go, well, Kath isn't here. Right. So Kath's mom passed away last Thursday. And uh, I've talked about it throughout the week. Uh, Kath's mom's uh, funeral was yesterday. We ran a best of show. And I, you know, talked about it even in the best of show. And so I don't want to ignore it. I mean, I think it's this is important, especially as a believer in Jesus Christ, that we talk about loss and our certainty of hope that Christ is with us in eternity. Right. And I think uh, the the where the rubber meets the road with this particular issue, I think, is whether we can translate what our beliefs are about death and about Christ as our hope. Um, into reality, because I think sometimes there's a contradiction um, in popular understanding and the way that we express things and even social movements in terms of death. And that's why, you know, in a way, sometimes people call our culture a death-denying culture. And it's, it's, it's meant to be a, a kind of a jab. And that is to say that in many of the things that we do in our culture – we um, we don't like to talk about death. Nobody likes to talk about death. It's it's unpleasant. It's a reality, and we have to deal with it. Um, as Christians, we live 
um, in the hope that the sting of death has been taken from us. Yes. So death is simply a passage to life for us. However, what I'm concerned about sometimes is that our uh, popular understanding and the way that we talk about death or the way that we deal with death is not always aligned to what our Christian hope is. I'm into that. Okay, so it's interesting that we do, and I, and I would agree with you, Tom, that we do live in this death-denying culture, but we also live in a culture of death where we as a greater culture celebrate death to the nth degree. Give me an example. Uh, uh, look at television, um, CSI. Right, as, as either entertainment or as convenience. I yes. mean, we have the horrors of abortion. Uh, but I think the point here, and, and I want to clarify, is that death, um, it, it's part of the denial of death. In other words, if we can be in a culture that simply kills um, hundreds of thousands of children every year uh, with, with no uh, moral consequences, with no question of conscience, right. uh, if we can watch entertainment of people being killed – uh, as if it were entertainment, uh, if we can be chastised by the Hollywood elite to talk about the, the, the horror of guns, and yet they create movies based on the glorification of violence, right. I, I think what, what we're trying to say is that there is something wrong with our understanding of death. Without a doubt. Okay, so this past week, the Golden Globes, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, award show. And there was a young woman who won a Golden Globe, Michelle yeah, Williams, right. and she got up on stage and she essentially said, uh, I've won this because years ago I had an abortion, abortion and because of this, it allowed me to win this Golden Globe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people applauded. Political expediency at the cost of a, a child's life. Right. And, uh, you know, God help that child uh, to, you know, realize that her mother's selfishness um, you know, is is not going to win her salvation at the end. You know, it's she's going to have to answer for that. And I think that's that's really the point. The point is that how we live, how we talk about death um, in the culture is very important. So I'll give you an example. I have, um, you know, obviously as as a pastor, I know a lot of funeral directors. Sure. And there is a very interesting movement that's happening, and that is there are less and less funerals. So people are not having as many funerals. Um, they are simply, especially younger people where their parents uh, pass away, they are simply saying, well, you know, take care of it, dispose of the body, uh, have a cremation, and we're done with this, right? Really? No fuss, uh, no muss. Oh, they. I, I have one um, funeral director friend who said up to 80% of his funerals are cremations with no funeral. So he, they're not even funerals anymore. It's just sort of cremation services. And, you know, if we look in the scriptures and we see uh, this pivotal moment of the Lord Jesus Christ going to the grave of his friend Lazarus, and weeping, that weeping is an indication for us that the God who loves mankind, the God who created us, weeps over death. 
And uh, there's a very famous writer uh, in our circles, Father Alexander Schmemann. A lot of people even in uh, other circles know of him. And he wrote a book called For the Life of the World. And in Chapter 6, this is called uh, Trampling Down Death by Death. He says that the beginning of the victory over death is to acknowledge that death is a tragedy. However, we only recognize that in Christ because we see the other side of the coin, and that is that in Christ we have the victory over death, that he becomes uh, the firstborn from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So as you said, we die, we fall asleep, which is the, the language of the scriptures, in the hope that we too will walk in the resurrection. And so um, people that, um, you know, don't have this understanding. um, There's there's another example, too. I would say when people have uh, illnesses or when they have end-of-life decisions, if you are not equipped uh, morally, theologically, spiritually, to have actually contemplated death, to have contemplated the meaning of this life, you will not make a good decision. You will make a death-denying decision because what will happen is you will say, oh, when somebody's dying, you'll just freak out and you'll think, how can this happen and why can't these doctors save them? Well, guess what? People die. This is this is a fallen world, even though Christ is redeeming the world. It says in the scriptures that the final enemy is death and Christ will destroy the final enemy upon his return. So we're still dealing with that enemy, but we die in the hope and in the knowledge and the the certitude that death has no dominion over us. Father Tom Sorok is with us. We're talking about. We're talking about the, the nature of death in our lives. And Tom, I don't know if this has been part of your family life or not, but you know, uh, when you are at someone's bedside who is dying, someone who's had a short or long illness, there is something that is holy, that is sacred about being with that dying person. And especially when that person passes, things change. There is a nature of liftedness or there, there is a beauty about death that I think we do ourselves a disservice by either ignoring it or sanitizing it. That is exactly the point. You hit the, the nail right on the head. And that is um, we have to, and I'm not saying we have to embrace death as something good. We have to embrace the reality of death as the enemy over which Christ has victory. So when we're with someone that is dying, be with them. It just happened two months ago. You know, I I was thinking driving over here, um, this is a statistical fact, November, December, January, February yes. are the worst months for deaths. They are always statistically higher because people that have weaker constitutions or older or whatever, they tend to die more in the winter months. So pastors who deal with people that are dying or sick – They are often, I have been with numerous people, and it just happened in November. I was there when he died. We were praying, and he died. And you are absolutely right. It is a very holy moment, but it's also a very 
instructive moment for everyone that is there. Um, and, and the one thing that I wanted to say is about children. There's a, a, a terrible, terrible um, uh, sort of cultural movement to, again, keep children away from this. When somebody dies, oh, we can't take them to the funeral. Why not? Why can't we show them? People die. Grandma died. Oh, we can't we can't tell her. Well, start with a fish. <laughs> you know, teach them. When the fish dies, say, well, the fish died. Let's go have a burial. Uh, then you have a, a hamster, and then you work up to a dog, and eventually, you know, right. children have to learn all of this, and we have to have the right attitude about it so that we teach our children that Christ is risen from the dead, that he has the keys of, of the victory over hell and death, and that he grants that to those who love him. Tom Sorok is with us. We're talking about dealing with loss in a death-denying culture. Tom's going to stay with us. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11 We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11 has got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11s, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOX to 2468010. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. 
Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house Thursday, January 16th at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. Tom Sorok is with us. He's the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Tom, when I was a young man, uh, I worked and lived in a funeral home. And uh, I know a lot of people find that morbid, but I tell you, it formed me as a young adult. No idea. Um, it it was a beautiful, fascinating experience because, of course, you got to see people at their absolute best and at their absolute worst. From 16 through 21, I lived and worked there almost every day. It put me through college, and it gave me a great appreciation of that slow, painful road. You saw great joy. You saw great heartbreak. I had no idea that you did that, and I will confess to you, that was kind of one of my uh, career choices that I really wanted to do because my dad was a priest, and I was going to all the funerals and with him and so forth, and as I was a teen, I thought, you know, I could do this, except like you're on call 24 hours a day, so I decided not to do that, and um, you are absolutely right. Now, as I said, I think... The, the, the funeral home culture provides a tremendous service to people in that when somebody dies, like you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do with the body and so forth. Um, on the other hand, um, the funeral home culture can also participate in this denial and sanitization of death where, you know, the body doesn't look like they're dead and they're, you know, everybody says, oh, uh, they they look like they're alive, you know, and they're not. Um, So I think we have to be a little bit careful there. Without a doubt. And and, and not kind of a perfect word you said was sanitize uh, death. Right. I mean, you know, the trend now is, as you know this, it's either someone is cremated or if they are, you know, presented for family or friends to show up to have a closed casket. Right. Which I think is very wise. I mean, I mean, I see in some ways, you know, for the family to see the body, it's important to see the finality of it all. But at the same time, um, to have a body laid out, it, it is kind of odd. Well, I will uh, I will respectfully me. disagree with this and I'll tell you why. The it again, the reality of our own death, the reality of my death yes. is faced every time I see somebody that dies. Yes, that's true. And I I have to be around that. I have to when when I see somebody that dies and I go to a funeral like in our Orthodox church, it is pretty much a firm rule. When you bring the body into church, you open that coffin and everybody looks in there. And we even have hymns, you know, that say, I'm looking into the coffin and I see death and so forth. That, you know, this is, this is important and this is exactly what I'm saying. The reason why people have difficulty with it, why it is disturbing, is because they have not been around it. You're right about if that. If you're 60 years old and you've never seen a dead person, oh, that's, crazy. that's a problem. Right. And that happens. People don't want to go even to funerals anymore or funeral homes because it's icky and it's, it's kind of you know, uh, unsanitary or right. whatever. Or it's uncomfortable. 
It's okay. uncomfortable. Your point is well taken. And the, the fact is, you know, but you reach a certain point and you've been to, like yourself, how many funerals have you been to? Well, it's, it's, but it's okay. It is a journey. Because we're all going to be there. <laughs> we sure will. Uh, Tom, Father Tom, thanks an awful lot. I, I always appreciate you being forthright and having Christ in the middle of the conversation. So you're always a welcome guest. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank you. very much. Father Tom Soroka, he joins us from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. We'll take a quick break, come back. When we do come back, we're going to talk during the 5 o'clock hour about reading through the Psalms in good times and bad. Stay with us. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the House will take steps next week to send articles of impeachment to the Senate for President Trump's trial. Pelosi has held on to the articles in a standoff with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. House Democrats impeached the president three weeks ago on charges of abuse of obstruction over his actions toward Ukraine. Thousands of people fleeing their homes in helicopters, dropping supplies to towns at risk at nearby wildfires as the hot, windy conditions are threatening already fire-ravaged southeastern Australia. Twenty-six people have died in those wildfires. U.S. employers added 145,000 jobs in December. The unemployment rate held at 3.5% for the second straight month. On Wall Street, stocks finished lower. The Dow fell 133 points. The Nasdaq off 24. The S&P dropped 9. This is SRN News. Okay, you're not perfect. Like millions of other hardworking Americans, you have a tax debt. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Option A, you can do nothing, which isn't a very good option. Eventually, the taxes will double or triple in size, and the bad news goes up from there. Or option B, you tackle it head-on with the folks at Stop IRS Stat. They've been helping people just like you for years and earned an A-plus rating for a reason. Their tax debt reduction strategies work. And now you can supercharge your results with the IRS Fresh Start program. Powerful new savings have been unlocked to dramatically reduce what you owe. So if you need your returns filed, a garnishment lifted, or just want to know your options... Call Stop IRS Debt now and get your personalized savings plan. It's completely free, so don't wait. Call 800-484-9611 now to check for savings. That's 800-484-9611. 800-484-9611. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. 
At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you're assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Tonight remaining cloudy and very mild with areas of fog developing, low 53. Tomorrow, cloudy, windy, and warm with a stray shower. High near the record of 68, set in 1890. Sunday, damp early, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and not as warm. High Sunday, near 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. It's uh, dark and cloudy out there right now. But boy, what, what a weekend is in store for us. There's been some things that I still wanted to do outside. And, you know, at this point, I was thinking it was going to be, you know, it's January, mid-January. I think it's going to be 9 degrees Holy smokes, I'm going to go out tomorrow and do some yard work cleanup. 70 degrees or more, that's very, very nice. Uh, I don't know. It, it makes people anxious, doesn't it, about uh, whatever you want to call it, climate change or whatever. But uh, at this point, it is what it is. It's going to be 70 degrees, so you might as well go outside and enjoy the day. Hey, um, I've been talking to you off and on uh, throughout uh, the last couple of weeks about the, that film, uh, A Hidden Life. And uh, on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, I posted uh, a review of the film. And uh, a lot of people chimed in, wanted to see the film. And I do believe that uh, A Hidden Life is still playing at the Galleria uh, in uh, the South Hills. And uh, if you're so inclined, you know, as you go about your weekend and you want to go to a movie, that would be a good place to go see. Uh, it would be, uh, I mean, a good film to go see uh, The Hidden Life, uh, A Hidden Life. Just a fascinating movie. I say that because, you know, as I'm looking at uh, the uh, entertainment news, have, have you heard about this uh, Netflix film? And, you know, this is one of these things that pops up from time to time where there is a, a group of, you know, so-called cutting-edge filmmakers or whatnot, and they produce a work that, you know, draws attention. Uh, generally what it does is just it, it mocks Jesus. It... Uh, denigrates christ and such is the case with this film it's called the um what uh, the first temptation of, of christ and it's a it's a film where they portray i mean well they portray jesus as a gay man anyway um in rio de janeiro this judge has ordered netflix to remove 
the first temptation of Christ. Um, the judge has made the ruling after a conservative group in Rio de Janeiro filed a legal complaint, according to the Washington Post. The ruling is temporary until a final ruling is made by a higher court. And I, I wonder if Netflix will be forced to do this. I wonder you know, if a, a judge in a foreign country can make a ruling that would force a corporate entity housed in the United States to alter its content based upon people being upset. I wonder about that. This is not, you know, this is old news, quite honestly. This has been something that's, you know, happened around the world forever. I mean, as long as there's been so-called cutting-edge artists who want to mock and denigrate Jesus, and this is just the, the latest in a, in a long line of that. So, anyway, I, I often wonder, you know, what, what good do petitions do or what good do boycotts do? Apparently, in Rio de Janeiro, in Brazil, they've done something and have, uh, you know, forced Netflix, we'll see, to move, remove the film from the, their, their lineup. Hey, uh, in just a little bit, we're going to talk about the Psalms and uh, the power and the nature of Psalms in our lives. So are, you, are you a regular Psalm reader? It's something I, I, I like to do, that you, you go through the Psalms on a regular basis. And um, the Reverend Bruce Bickle was one of the early uh, teachers for me who showed me the, the power and the beauty of the Psalms. And I, I think that whenever um, whenever I have a question or whenever I'm feeling upset or emotional about something, it's kind of like the go-to place. So we'll take a break and come back, and we're going to talk about that, what it is to read the Psalms. So stick around for that. It's the 5 o'clock hour of the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. We'll be back in just a few minutes. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, and it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and over the years, Members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. 
Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house tonight at 6.30 p.m. I'm Principal April Iceman. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. Hey, Friday afternoon. We're always checking in with Marsha from the Springhouse. Hey, Marsh, how you doing today? Happy Friday. Hi. Hi, John. Happy Friday to you and all of our listeners, Thank too. you. Hey, uh, so how are things at the Springhouse? Good, good. We're actually, I mean, for it being winter, we're having some nice busy days. We're doing a lot of catering right now, a lot of breakfast. Nice. Like, people like this hearty comfort breakfast, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's good. Excellent. So, this is one of these uh, times where it's, I would call it, Springhouse Ordinary Time. Where you're not running around like crazy. It's not Thanksgiving, Christmas, or Easter. This is a great opportunity in a more relaxed way to come down to the Springhouse. Because my guess is this, Marsha, that people who are regular listeners of our show over the years have heard the Springhouse. And for whatever reason, they've not yet visited you. But when they do go down to see the Springhouse, it's this delightful place. And, you know, there's there's the wonderful food, of course. But the market itself offers all these wonderful varieties of little strange things things, odd things, little curio things. <laughs> Strange for sure. It's true. It's true. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a nice way to describe it. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this is a great calm time to come down. If you don't if you don't like crowds, this is the time to come because it's not crazy crowded, but we're still cranking out good food and a couple weeks we're celebrating our 45th um, anniversaries for the spring house and Fabulous. we'll do 45 cents off all kinds of stuff. We'll have a ham and turkey dinner on that um, Sunday. I think it's the 26th, somewhere around there. And um, it'll be like 1245 all you can eat for hickory smoked ham and roast turkey and stuffing and all kinds of good stuff. Nice. Well, listen, so. tomorrow's supposed to be a beautiful day, 70 degrees here in western Pennsylvania. So do yourself and your family a great favor and get in the car and take a drive, a leisurely drive down to the spring house. I'm telling you, it's a really fun place to shop, to visit, and, of course, to eat. It's all at the spring house. This has been a, an odd week uh, here at the station with uh, the passing, uh, as I've talked about um, often this past week, the passing of Kathy's mom. And so uh, as you go through the seasons of uh, sadness, despair, joy, all those things, I think one of the central points as believers is to go back to the Psalms. And uh, Courtney Reesing is with us. Courtney is a, a writer, a blogger. She helps lead the women's ministry at Midtown Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her brand new book is out, and it's called Teach Me to Feel, Worshiping Through the Psalms in Every Season of Life. Courtney, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, Courtney. You know, I, I've been reading uh, Teach Me to Feel, and one of the things that's really compelling uh, about the work is that it's written um, in a response to something that really was uh, incredibly shocking in your life. Would you tell us the story about this? Yes, I was uh, 33 weeks pregnant with my fourth son, and I experienced what 
uh, called a placenta abruption. It was um, a partial abruption, so I that bought me uh, an extended stay in the uh, high-risk unit at the hospital. And if you're unfamiliar with the placenta abruption, it's a very life-threatening pregnancy complication for both the mom and the baby. So you have about five minutes to save the baby if the placenta part fully abrupts and about 10 minutes to save the mom. Wow. And so we kind of lived in this limbo of any moment I could be wheeled into the OR to deliver maybe a dead baby, maybe an alive baby. Um, our, we had three other children who needed round-the-clock care. My husband had to be with me all the time because it was delivery was always imminent. And we had had really difficult pregnancies and deliveries and a hard time getting pregnant. We had some losses all up to that point. So this kind of felt like this heavy, heavy blow on top of a really hard path to having children. And when I was was in the hospital, all I could, I I used to think if you stayed in the hospital, it would be like a, like a, like a vacation, you know, people bring you food and all that kind of stuff. And it was not that. So, um, it was hardly a vacation, and I couldn't read anything. I couldn't think. I couldn't pray. I couldn't process. But the Psalms were such a balm to my soul. I felt like when I read the Psalms that I was surrounded by familiar friends who understood my angst over being in the midst of life and death. And I had a really traumatic—the um, delivery was really difficult. And then coming home from that high anxiety high stress situation was really difficult for me. And so the Psalm also became my lifeline when I came home and I didn't really know what normal looked like. And so the Psalms, it was just a real long process of, of a, of about a year and a half to two years of difficulty in our own family um, after everything that happened. And the Psalms were, were my lifeline. I felt like I had found familiar friends and, and not just familiar friends in difficulty, but also familiar friends in, how do I express all of this back to God? And I felt known and loved and understood by God in, in the midst of one of the greatest trials of our family. Wow, that's a great story. So you know, as uh, we've been going through this week of turmoil, turmoil ourselves, I've returned to the Psalms yeah. as well. And this Psalm, yeah. um, Psalm seventy-eight thirty-five, has really sort of been my sort of um, third rail this week. Seventy-eight thirty-five says this, after all they had endured, They remembered that God the Most High was their rock, their redeemer. Mm. Mm. Psalm Psalm 78.35. And Mm. so, you know, all those emotions of of fear, anxiety, confusion, uh, terror, Mm. despair, um, all those are wrapped up, as you so eloquently said just a a few seconds ago. But to come back to that, to know that despite what happens— God is my rock and my redeemer. It's imp- right. even mm-hmm. though I know that when I go mm-hmm. and I read all the, when I go back and I read the Psalms, they are like you said, they are, they are a balm in many ways, a, a mm-hmm. sort of a, mm-hmm. a, a measure of peace on my life. Mm-hmm. And their language for us. So maybe in the moment you can't, you can't express that, but you go to the Psalms and you have words to, to put to, um, you're grasping for trust and grasping for hope in the midst of difficulty. And so that's just an incredible comfort for the believers who are in the midst of great difficulty and weary. And the reality is most of us kind of live there uh, most of the time. Right. And so that's helpful um, is that it gives us language 
for our grief and our, our sorrow. I remember decades ago when I first became a Christian and I read the Psalms for the first day, I was shocked and surprised that the psalmists mm-hmm. were so forthright, so direct, and in many ways so angry at God, and they could express those mm-hmm. those that anger so so deeply. I mean, I, in some ways, it scared me. Yeah, it's really, especially I think in a Western context, it's really uncomfortable um, because we we kind of like tidiness mm-hmm. in our worship, and we kind <laughs> of like we like resolution, and we like things to be fixed and sometimes that's just not how things are and I find it incredibly comforting as someone who has had a lot of questions for God that God can handle my questions I mean who else can we go to but the one who's in control over all things yes um, and so he can handle the weight of our of our difficult questions and our and our anger and our frustration and our sorrow and um, even in Psalm 77 which is right before Psalm 78, uh, the psalmist says, when I remember God, I moan, and which is, is shocking, right? When you think you should, you shouldn't moan when you remember God, you should rejoice when you remember God. But sometimes when you remember God, you think he is in control of all things, but my circumstances are still so horrible. Um, you moan, yeah. you cry out, and there's not always a tidy answer. And I find that it's uncomfortable, I think, but I think Christians need to live in the uncomfortableness. Yeah, um, I think that's good for us. And, and I also think, you know, like the emotions you felt, and, and I'm sure Kath has felt this week, and people who love her, yeah. even even when you can't understand your emotions. And of course, you know, there's no roadmap here, and emotions are messy. And like you said, we want things to be nice and buttoned down. But even when I can't understand my emotions, when I go and read the Psalms, I believe that the Psalms understand me in some way. Oh, absolutely. Um, one commentator, one scholar on the Psalms says that the Psalms are a window into our souls. And I I think that that captures it really, really well in that they, they pull back the layers and they expose who we are and they expose our fears. Um, but the, what's so helpful is that they then expose us to, to God. And because God's not absent in our fears and he's not absent in in the difficulty, um, he's always there. We just can't always see him. In the Psalms, we, we get this real wrestling between the reality of life in a broken world and, and the hope of, of what God will one day do. Okay, so Courtney, so then go back to that, that story. I mean, that's an incredible story mm-hmm. where your life and your soon-to-be-born child's life were in danger. Was there? Did that happen? Did, did that actually happen when they said, okay, now's the time. You know, you, your child may die and you may die, so we're going to wheel you into the emergency with the operating room. They did. So we um, we kind of had gotten to a—it wasn't, in God's kindness, it was not as dire as it could have been. And okay. we're, we're thankful there were some other things that I had in the delivery that would have made it even worse if it had been as dire. Um, but we, um, we were always kind of waiting for that heart rate drop that was kind of too low on the monitor for him, which meant that the placenta wasn't working very well anymore. And so we— he had one of those and the, and I had been kind of unstable the day before. And so the doctor was like, please don't, please behave today. Like joking with me. <laughs> and so um, he came in and was like, it's, it was, his heart rate went too low. It's time. 
So they, I mean, we, we knew that his heart was beating. Um, we didn't know he was, he's born at 36 weeks. So we didn't know, um, if he would have had any, like, like maybe brain damage from the placenta not being full. We didn't, we didn't know how bad the placenta had erupted. Right. So, um, there was a lot of uncertainty of what it would be like when he was born. And, and, and by God's grace, he was born crying. Um, he had a really high APGAR score. He ended up needing to go to the NICU for a week. Um, but he's fine now. He's almost three. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he, um, but it was, I mean, it was, my husband had to run, had to run home. And he actually wasn't at the hospital when they told me it was time and he had to rush back. And so it was a really, touch and go. It was his worst nightmare. He didn't want that to be, he wanted to be there when that happened and right. it wasn't his fault. So, but it was, it was a very, um, I had, I mean, it was a terrifying thinking. We just have no idea what's coming when he comes out. Yes. And so it was, it was scary. So, yeah, it sounds scary. Uh, I mean, you know, even three years after the fact, it, it, I can hear the emotion in your voice that, you know, you, you're sort of reliving yeah. it in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, and anyone who's kind of walked through trauma knows that when you kind of retell those things, you kind of do live, relive those things back yeah. again. And so, um, and those are, I mean, I don't think I realized what trauma did to people until we endured it. And the Lord has done a lot of, um, a lot of work in our family and healing us and getting us to a place of being able to be relatively normal. <laughs> That's good. So we have four kids, so we're about as normal as you can be with four kids. <laughs> God so, bless you. God bless you. Courtney, yeah. am, am I pronouncing your last name right? Is it Riesig? It's Rysik, but R- it's super hard. And It's Rysik. Rysik. A good German name. Courtney Reisick. And her new work is called mm-hmm. Teach Me to Feel, Worshiping Through the Psalms in Every Season of Life. So, Courtney, um, to to be where you were in this uh, trauma and to talk about this so well and, and to know that, you know, at any minute, you know, your life could be turned upside down, that you, you, you could die, your child could die. You clearly had to be a student of the Psalms. I mean, you, you know, you talked about not being able to read while you're laying there waiting in bed. So, I mean, uh, talk about, um, do you, have you memorized Psalms for such times whenever there is joy or despair? I have now. So I, um, I have memorized Psalms just over the time of, of, of studying them to teach them or um, to write about them the repetition of that for me kind of burns certain verses into my brain so that I have them uh, memorized, but maybe I didn't intentionally memorize them. But in the moment of going into the OR with him, I I thought I was storing up so much truth so that I could have something to to draw on in the, in a moment of, um, of fear. And I honestly couldn't remember a thing I read those, those three weeks in the hospital, except for Psalm 23, which I, (laughs) I felt kind of like a failure because everyone knows Psalm 23. And I, what I didn't understand until looking back, it was that the Lord was giving me something easy that, that was, I had known for years and was comforting me through the fact that he is leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil um, because he is with me. And there were tangible reminders of his care and his kindness towards me, even in that. But I have memorized certain Psalms like Psalm 46, one, which is about God being a very present help in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 27, talking about, I will, I believe I'll look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, and 
those things are an incredible comfort to me as well. And then in Psalm 145, talking about God's character, he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love um, and gracious. So, yeah, I have those, I have those certain Psalms that, that, I, that I draw on that just kind of come out of me when I'm talking because they've been so near to me. <laughs> That's excellent. That's funny. You know, I'm thinking about what you just said a, a second or so ago when you said you felt like a, you felt like a failure because all you had was Psalm, all, all you had was Psalm 23. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, you know, it's fabulous. I mean, Psalm 23 is famous because it is so incredibly deep and wonderful. It is. It is. And it's, it's a comfort to God's people and has been for centuries. And so I, I think I wanted a more robust, theological answer than just I, something I've known for my whole life. Right, but. right. I get that, yeah. Okay, so Courtney, so as it's Kath and the community here, you know, life is difficult, right? I mean, we go, there, there are trials that surround us. So then what is your go-to? I mean, what is your takeaway uh, of despair in the Psalms when you are not feeling, you know, you're surrounded by things that are uncertain in life. What do you go to? What, what's the what's the takeaway when you think about, you know, teach me to feel worshiping through the Psalms in every seasons of life? I mean, it's important to have these. They, they are good and necessary and very strong tools in your spiritual mm-hmm. toolkit. Yeah. And that the hardest thing for me was wrestling with the uncertainty of life was at any moment life can be over in an instant or someone you love can be gone in an instant. And that just takes time to come to terms with. Um, and it took me a long time to come to terms with, but I, what I kept going back to is in that, in Psalm 27 is I believe I'll look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And sometimes we think the land of the living is like right now. Um, but I'm going to look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in the new heavens and the new earth. And while that seems so far off. This life is not all there is, and resurrection is coming. And that's even in the Psalms that we see that. And that's a hope for weary people who are on a pilgrimage to to glory, because we live in a lot of brokenness, um, and we live in a, with a lot of pain and sorrow and uncertainty. Um, but for the believer, um, there's, there's a better life coming, and it doesn't always feel like it's coming, but we can... We can go back to the truths of God's Word that remind us that something better is coming. Amen to that. Courtney, thanks an awful lot. Really, it's been a valuable conversation for me, your encouragement, the the depth of your knowledge of the Psalms, and to hear your story. I greatly appreciate your time here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Courtney Rising, her brand new work is called Teach Me to Feel, Worshiping Through the Psalms in Every Season of Life. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. They blow into town 
with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. The long hours of studying, the finals of the semester are all over. And like all campuses across America, Grove City is quiet for the Christmas break. I have to be honest that since my daughter's been home, after living through finals, she's been sleeping about 16 hours out of every day. (laughs) Say no more. Mine as well. But isn't it great to catch up and to hear about all that happened in this past semester and how vital, how engaged, how active Grove City has been? And I see the change in my son. And it's not just the academics. It's not just the classes, the five classes my daughter had, or the five really excellent professors she was able to interface with. But it's all the extra stuff. It's the it's the Bible study. It's the small group thing. It's the athletic team, whatever it is that the kids... It just makes the whole experience richer, better. And it's the kind of thing that by the time vacation's over, my daughter's really looking forward to getting back to. Exactly. So... As the students at Grove City College take a break, we're fortunate, so happy, that as Christ is in the middle throughout all the academics, there's a time to break, a time to relax, and that's what's happening right now. If your child is interested in a quality education with Jesus in the middle, we suggest you look online, Grove City College at gcc.edu. Merry Christmas. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, remaining cloudy and very mild with areas of fog developing, low 53. Tomorrow, cloudy, windy, and warm with a stray shower, high near the record of 68, set in 1890. Sunday, damp early, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and not as warm. High Sunday, near 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. You know, if you have kids, especially kids who are entering the job, the job workforce, you want to help them out as much as you can, right? For a lot of people... I know somebody who maybe you could, you know, get you a part-time job or whatnot. I saw this um, from The Hill the other day. Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea Clinton has reaped $9 million in compensation since 2011 for serving on the board of an Internet investment company, according to Barron's, the financial publication. Barron's reported Sunday that the Clintons had profit handsomely as a board member. Uh, sh- <laughs> The only child of former President Bill Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Uh, she has served on IAC's board, which is uh, Interactive Corporation, a media and internet investment company. 
She has served on IAC's board since 2011. She receives an annual $50,000 retainer and $250,000 worth of restricted stocks annually. She reportedly earned $8.95 million worth of IAC stock to the Securities and Exchange Commission since the end of December. Can you believe that? I mean, you think about, look, I guess this is just how it works, right? That the rich are able to introduce their children to other rich, and whether it's Joe Biden or whomever. And, and, you know, this is not Democrat only. I'm sure this is just how it works in Washington, D.C., or how it works for the 1%. That That's how the 1% does the 1%, right? That the rich... Make sure that their children are taken care of. $9 million for doing essentially nothing. You're sitting at what? You go to a board meeting. Is that once a year, maybe twice a year, and chime in on something? It's just really, <sighs> boy, if you think about it a lot, it really it just gets you hot. It, at least it gets me hot. I mean, everybody else is, you know, you go to college, you pay for all the college loans, you do all the right things, you try to get good grades, you, you know, you show up, and then some kid just waltzes in. Before that, Chelsea Clinton worked for NBC News as a, quote, special reporter for one and a half years. She made an annual salary of $600,000 a year with no experience whatsoever. It lasted, uh, like I said, a year and a half until she went to work for her parents, where she made $900,000 a year for the, uh, the Clinton Foundation. I mean, seriously. I mean, it makes you just, this is just how it's always been. Right. They take care of themselves. And you and I, everybody else, you know, middle class or lower middle class or whatever, you're left to just try to push it forward to try to make it work as much as possible. But it it just like I said, if if you think about it a lot, I get hot. You really do. Nine million dollars a year. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy, the Friday edition. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Happy New Year! Where a new year means lots of new music. New New music. Anchor new music from Skillet. Corey Asbury with The Father's House. And I will fear no more from the afters. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers on 101.5 WORD. Coast to Coast Career Fairs is coming to Pittsburgh. Looking for a better career? Re-entering the workforce or just starting your career? Come meet the area's top employers. This free job fair will be held Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Prepare for success. Wear proper business attire, bring at least 20 copies of your resume, and arrive with a positive attitude. See you there Tuesday, January 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. For more, visit coasttocoastcareerfairs.com. 
If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's one place. You are a As part of the 2020 Week of Prayer for Christian Unity, St. Vincent College will host a performance by award-winning contemporary Christian artist Mark Schultz. Can you hear me? Mark Schultz, 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, January 21st in the St. Vincent Arch Abbey Basilica. Tickets are on sale now for this night of meaningful music moments and stories. Purchase your tickets now at stvincentarts.org or by calling 724-805-2177. God told Isaiah to walk the earth naked for three years, and here's how much faith Isaiah had. He did it! This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Which I think explains the credibility issue Isaiah had with the Old Testament Jews. At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Little kids would come in the house and be like, Mama, Mama, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. Who told you that? Isaiah told me that. Naked Isaiah! General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Go to your room. Who do you cry out to when you're in despair? What does that look like in your life? Griffin Gulledge is with us. Griffin joins us from Dotham, Alabama, where he uh, works with foster children for the Alabama Baptist Children's Homes and Family Ministries. Griffin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. You're a terrific writer. I love the piece that you wrote at your blog, God Answers Prayer in Only Two Ways. Please tell us a story uh, as you start your piece of crying out in despair, because I think most people have been there at one point or another. Yeah, well, like you said, most people have been there at one point or another. And so I found myself at a place in my life where I uh, was between jobs. I was struggling financially. I was having family problems, and I was calling out to God, and uh, like so many people, you, you sometimes pray and you ask, you know, is anyone hearing me? Yeah. Is is God going to answer these prayers? Do I have to beg? Um, and, you know, I really found myself at that crisis point, um, and it, it was a moment like that in the preceding weeks and studying the, the Scripture that led me to, you know, what the rest of the, the piece talked about. Yeah, and so the piece talks about the name of, of God, of course, people call out and cry out, Lord, Lord, but you came with another name, which i got to be honest, this is why I love this piece so much, that the, the Puritans began to reshape the idea of who God is and how he loves you. Talk about that and that name. That's right. If you, if you read the Puritans, um, and, you know, the Puritans often get cast as sort of cold and scholastic and unfeeling, but if you read the Puritans, they often refer to God not by, um, you know, our sovereign God and things like that, but they often will call him Providence. They, they actually refer to him not just as a title, but his name is Providence. And the point there is that in everything that the, the Puritans taught about the sovereignty of God, about how God cares and nurtures uh, the world and all creation, about how God provides for his people, he's not just sovereign. So he's not just powerful and able to create and nurture and sustain, but that he is actively providing for all of his creation, for all of those he, he loves. And um, I think that 
when you view God that way, and I think this is what the Puritans were after, when you view God not just as sovereign over all creation or as Lord over all creation, though he definitely is those things, Yes. but when you view God as the provider, that everything is being worked together to sustain and care for and nurture people, and all of that out of his love, it changes the way you pray. It changes the way you view the Bible's teaching. It changes the way you view even the cross. That's really good. I'm, I'm one of seven kids, Griffin, and I remember when my dad died. He died when I was like 20 years old. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of conversation. But at one, th- one point, my mother said, and I'll never forget this. It was kind of an aside, but it struck me. She said, you know, John, one thing about your dad, he was a good provider, and at 20 years of age, I was like, oh, yeah, he, he really was. He was. A, there were seven of us kids, and there were nine of us total. He had to work his tail off to be the good provider. So when you see that, when you take this, providence, the God of providence who gives us all, all that is before us, how could you not humbly submit yourself to the Lord of the universe? So, so talk about that, because really what I loved about this piece, Griffin, is, is that you talk about God answering prayers. And specifically, you say that God only answers prayers in two ways. Please tell me about that. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, with your family, it, it makes a big difference to know that you're going to be provided for. Yes. I work with foster children and our kids come into our foster homes and into our group home system having not been provided for and it radically changes how they view the father or the mother in their family or their their parentage. It it, it breaks trust, it breaks faith. But for us, my point in the piece was that what we've seen in the scriptures and throughout history is the extent to which God is willing to go to care for and provide all the needs and the greatest needs, namely the forgiveness of sins, restoration of our souls, hope for eternity through the cross and resurrection of Jesus. And if that is the case, then we can trust in him as provider in every way. But we know sometimes we pray and we don't get what we want. We ask for something and the answer is no. So the point of my piece was that God answers prayers in two ways. It's not just yes or no, but it's two concepts. It's that God answers prayers with provision, and he answers prayers with protection. And uh, so the, the point is that when God answers with provision, sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he gives us something better than what we've asked for. Sometimes God exceeds our expectations. But when God says no, he's not just saying no, right? A lot of times we pray and we feel like, you know, God might say yes down the road, but he's, he's testing us. He's, he's putting us through the gauntlet. He's, he's making us really work for it. But I don't think that's how God works at all. I don't think God is, is, is needling us no. or, or making us really beg. When I say God is, is, is answering with provision or protection, that protection feature there is sometimes God withholds from us because he's using that waiting season to sanctify us and to grow us and to, to shape us into the image of Christ. Sometimes he's protecting us from bad things, right? I mean, I, I can remember all of my greedy prayers as a young Christian. Yeah. You know, God, give me a lot of money and a nice car. Like, 
those are those are things that would have been poisonous to my soul. And then sometimes God is saying no. I think this is such a crucial aspect of, of God's protection in his no. Sometimes God is saying no, not because we're asking for something that is bad, but because we're asking for something that is bad for us. That it's not time yet. The thing itself may be good, but God knows our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, the scripture says the spirit searches the deep things of God. You know, if he searches the deep things of God, then he knows everything about us. And so God hears our prayers, and in hearing them, he can protect us from things that would harden our heart towards him, things that would cause us to be blind to the needs of others around us, things that would withhold us from being um, from from engaging in opportunities for, for Christ-likeness or for patience or for the fruits of the spirits being displayed in our lives in various ways. When you view prayer that way, then it stops being a matter of yes or no. And you stop seeing God as some sort of despot that you have to go and fall down before and beg. Now, there is a time where God wants us to, to ask and ask and ask, right? The unjust judge, I talk about that in the piece, how God sometimes wants us to persevere in prayer, coming back again and again. But ultimately, I think what's going on here is that our perspective needs to be changed so that we recognize that God's not holding out on us, that every good thing that we need, everything that is best for us, is what we are receiving. We know, we, we know that's the case because of what he's done for us in Christ. I mean, how, how God would not have gone to such great extent to give his own son for us just to then withhold good things for us and, and needle us and make us feel sorry before he gives us good things. But God gives his children good gifts. And when we change our perspective on prayer in that way, our faith is strengthened and confirmed. And I think it leads us to pray more boldly because God is not arbitrary. He's always working for the good of his children. Griffin Gulledge, in a piece that appears in the Gospel Coalition website called God Answers Prayer in Only Two Ways. And you end the piece, Griffin, talking, saying, in every granted prayer request and in every no, the one who answers our prayers is providence himself because we are loved and heard by providence. Griffin, thanks an awful lot. It's a really beautiful piece. I really appreciate your time here and the message you've delivered. Yeah, thank you. My great pleasure. Griffin Gulledge from the Alabama Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministries. God answers prayer in only two ways. The name is Providence. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. 
Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house Thursday, January 16th at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and Spanish. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need? Try Liberty Mutual Insurance. Want to hear our new jingle? Here you go. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Want to hear it again? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. This is a Holy Ghost party song. Like when a prodigal come home. Like something being given that you couldn't earn. Like being in heaven when you should have burned. That's Crowder. Crowder's in town next Friday evening. Winter Jam 2020 takes the stage at the PBG Paints Arena. Uh, doors open uh, at 6 o'clock. There's this uh, party jam uh, right as the doors open. Then the main show starts at 7 o'clock. Crowder, Building 429. Uh, it's a host of uh, really great Christian artists. And here's the thing. Tickets are not that expensive. I mean, 15 bucks to see Winter Jam, which is super cool. You can't buy advanced tickets. They're only at the door, 15 bucks. But I got a family four-pack right now, which is cool. So we're going to mail you these tickets. You win this family four-pack. You're going to walk in and uh, save the $15, $60. Otherwise, you'd be paying. Isn't that cool? Uh, you want to go to Winter Jam next Friday? We're going to be there. Hope to see you as well. And uh, how about caller number 6, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255 to check out Winter Jam 2020. For years, this has been just sort of like, you know, the one of the things that my family and I, we've all been able to do and hang out down at the PPG Paint Arena. So hope that uh, you go as well. Caller number uh, 6, sorry, 800-320-8255 for Winter Jam. 
In my daily readings, I saw this and just kind of bummed me out. I'll, I'll be honest about that. Over a third of young Americans do not believe that the United States is the greatest country in the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, in a recent Pew Research poll, 47% of Democrat and Democrat-leading Americans between the ages of 19 to 29 prefer other countries over the United States, while 19% of Republicans within the same age group agree. The poll also showed that 36% of this age group say that other countries are greater and better than living in the United States. The survey was conducted as part of a larger study by Pew Research in September about partisanship as the dividing line in America's public political attitudes. How about that? Okay, I mean... They can manipulate, they, by pollsters, by trying to extract certain answers from people. To say that, what, America is the greatest country in the world. Now, of course, you're going to talk to any kids, you know, I use that term lightly because the age is uh, 19 to 29. Of course, now a 29-year-old is not a kid. But when young adults hear America is the greatest country. I don't care if it's, you know, 1968 Vietnam era or 2020, you know, in the midst of the greatest uh, partisan divide in probably the history of this country. Okay, maybe that's not true. (laughs) I've had a civil war, the greatest partisan divide. But you, you get my point. We are so deeply divided. And the idea of, you know, for especially for young people, I love America. I truly do believe in my heart of hearts that America is the greatest country in the history of the world. I, I believe that I, for a million and one reasons. I, I, look it up. We live it every day. I think, you know, if you live in the middle of this, you forget how great and wonderful a country that we are living in. And I think that's probably the, the folly of of youth and certainly the folly of, of Pew to try to, you know, frame this question, the greatest country in the world. If you've never traveled for a lot of young people, right, their view of the world is so narrow, especially in today's crazy internet era where, you know, kids are on Reddit and, you know, all sorts of things, and they're being informed and in many ways indoctrinated against the United States. They really are. It does. It breaks your heart. If, if you've been fortunate to travel to other countries, and truly, especially third world countries, well, heck, I mean, even first world countries, you want to go live in France? Oh, it's a beautiful country. But you want to live there? I don't think so. I don't want to. You want to go live in England? Oh, it's, it's great, I'm sure. But I don't want to live there. I don't. You want to go live in Brazil? No way. I want to live right here where God has placed me. This is a great country. All the freedoms we have, all the opportunities we have. It's a wonderful place, and I know that you know this. I'm preaching to the choir here. But it does break my heart to think that many young adults think, you know, oh, we are less than. Somehow, you know, America is broken, and uh, it's irredeemable, and is not a, a great place. Sure, you can make a lot of cases one way or another. I, I know that, of course. You know, you, and, and that's the great thing about America. Yeah. Don't you want to point out its deficits? Of course you do. Yeah. You do that in China, you're going to end up in jail. Right, you end up in how many places in this world? Vietnam, Thailand, wherever. You know what I'm talking about. We have the greatest freedoms to say and do, the greatest opportunities. Uh, you know, get on the soapbox because it is. You think about all these men and women, the great sacrifices that they've done, so that we can do this, so we can freely criticize America. Holy smokes!
I don't get it. Well, I, I get it. I get it. It's youthful arrogance, youthful ignorance for the most part. The greatest country, the United States of America. I, I just, that's how it is. Anyway, thanks for being with us here this week. And uh, whatever you're doing this weekend, I do hope you find time to go, right, to make time to go and worship in your church community, to praise Christ, the Lord, our Savior, and for all the great gifts, all the blessings he has bestowed upon the greatest country in the world. Have a great weekend. God willing, we'll see you Monday. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.